Welcome to Media in Minutes. This is your host, Angela Toole. This podcast features in-depth interviews with those who report on the world around us. They share everything from their favorite stories to what happened behind the lens and give us a glimpse into their world. From our studio here at Communications Redefined, this is Media in Minutes. In today's episode, we are talking with Veronica Stoddart, an award-winning travel editor, writer, and content consultant with more than four decades in travel publishing. She spent 16 of those years as USA Today's editor-in-chief for travel, reaching a daily audience of 6 million readers. She was also the founding editor of Caribbean Travel and Life magazine, which she edited for 10 years. Veronica has also worked as a content editor for National Geographic Society, as a travel editor for America's magazine, as a stringer for Time Life News Service in West Africa, and was a faculty member of the SATW Institute for Travel Writing and Photography for five years. Her work has appeared in National Geographic Traveler, Conde Nast Traveler, AARP Magazine, Hemispheres, Los Angeles Times, Frommers.com, ThePointsGuy.com, CruiseCritic.com, and Travel Awaits, among dozens of other outlets. Hi, Veronica. Hello, Angela. I am beyond thrilled to talk with you today. I'm really happy to be here and look forward to this. <laughs> Great. So for those listeners who don't know, we currently work together on the PR side of things through your role as a content consultant for travel clients. And though you work on both the journalist editor side and the content creator side currently, you know what does your professional life look like right now? Well, with so many changes in the industry over the last few years, especially during COVID, I consider myself really privileged to be able to use both my writing and my editing skills in multiple ways. Yeah. I not only freelance for a variety of really great travel outlets, which allows me to travel, which of course is my first love. Right. Also, (laughs) I also produce custom content for travel clients through my own content marketing agency, which is called VS Content Strategies, as well as for the travel clients of the marketing communications agency Perceptor, where you and I overlap. Yeah. What does that mean? In that role, I work with dozens of freelance writers who write editorial articles for my clients, which I assign and edit and deliver to them so that they can then use them, for for example, on their websites, in their newsletters, in their PR efforts, etc. Yeah. So I'm happy to say that I'm really quite busy these days, and I'm grateful to have so many wonderful clients and opportunities to travel as well. Yes. And there's nothing better than a journalist written travel <laughs> article. I like to say, you know, PR professionals can write as well, but nothing compared <laughs> compared to when it's a true journalist writing. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. You've had quite the professional experiences, you know, as we mentioned in our intro, including spending 16 years as the travel editor for USA Today. That is quite an accomplishment. How was your time there? Well, I'm really proud of leading a fabulous team of 16, can you believe, travel writers, editors, and producers at USA Today. 
we produced content for not only the print paper, which was at that time the largest newspaper in the country, but also the tra its travel website and other digital products. Right. And we reached a combined daily audience of 6 million readers, which was massive. Wow, yes. Yeah. And this was at a time that USA Today was considered the, quote, traveler's newspaper. So travel was considered a key pillar of their coverage. The travel site grew into a top five for travel news and information. It was really a powerhouse. Yeah. And it was a great privilege and an awesome responsibility to have that kind of reach and impact. Yeah. We did lots of groundbreaking coverage and we won a bucket full of awards for our coverage. And I'm really grateful to have had that opportunity. Um, you know, the other thing I'd like to mention, there were challenges along the way because we, when I was there, we transitioned from print to digital. Oh, right. As many, you know, as many publications were doing. When I arrived, we were just putting out a standalone print travel section, as many newspapers did back then. You probably remember those, right? Right. <laughs> but we transitioned very quickly to almost entirely digital, which was certainly challenging, but, you know, it would it had to happen. So I'm I'm proud of the way we accomplished that as well. Yeah, that kind of leads into my next question, which you just already talked about a little bit, is how travel reporting changed or or has since your time with USA Today and, and you know, while you were there. Yeah, well, certainly the transition to digital has been the biggest change, but the reporting itself has also changed significantly, unfortunately. And I say unfortunately because when I was at USA Today, we did deeply reported stories of depth and substance, you know, in true journalistic fashion. Right. And you see less and less of that these days as the almighty listicle has taken over most <laughs> travel content. Um, yes, the top 10 this, the, exactly, <laughs> the top five you know, this. Right? Yeah, I find personally fewer and fewer opportunities to write the longer narratives about destinations, you know, when what sells is that quick hit top 10 list, you know. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because we're losing what makes travel journalism so revealing and illuminating. So yeah, we're kind of at that place right now. Um, who knows what the future holds? Yes. And at least you get some of those stories in on the content side though, right? Those are the type that the clients want to share. Is that typically exactly. what you find? Yeah. Yeah. The clients really like those destination pieces. So fortunately, there's still opportunity to do that. Yeah, that is good. I'm curious of what led you to travel writing in the first place and how you broke into the industry and then earned such a high profile job. Well, first and foremost, I've always loved to travel. So that's really what inspired my career. But I started out quite by accident, as often happens. Really? I, I moved to Niger in West Africa with my late husband to set up a handicraft export business. Really? And while we were living there, I started stringing occasionally for Time Life News Service, okay. a connection that I had. So that was my first venture into journalism, sort of dipping my toe into really? the field. Mm. And eventually, after we returned to the States and a few other editorial jobs, I figured out along the way that I could make a living writing about travel. It was like the light bulb went off. Right. <laughs> um, I had good language skills, too, which helped. I grew up in Bogota, Colombia, okay. who were originally German. So I grew up with three languages. And so once I discovered this thing called travel writing, I never looked back. And I really consider myself so lucky to be able to turn my passion into a profession, which is a rare and privileged thing to be able to do. 
Yes, it is. Oh, I, I definitely, definitely hear you. I, I would love to hear some more um, about the roles, you know, the one of them you mentioned, the Time Life News Service in West Africa, and also about, and also about Caribbean Travel and Life magazine that you were the founding editor. Yeah, I had a unique opportunity to launch a new travel magazine, Caribbean Travel and Life, and several collateral publications, including two in-flight magazines that we did for Caribbean Airlines. Okay, um, It was just a great opportunity, again, that fell into my lap. Um, and it was, I loved the creative ability of shaping a new publication from scratch, yeah. as well as the entrepreneurial aspect. That was sort of my, you know, a, a new, new thing for me, which allowed, it really allowed us to be very nimble and to grow organically. It was thrilling to help create a successful business with a brand new product and then sell it after 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and I must say, it was fun to have the Caribbean as my beat during those times. <laughs> right. Um, it could be worse. I was right? <laughs> able to visit virtually every island. So that was wow. fun too. That's amazing. And what about in West Africa? Well, in, in West Africa, you know, I did the stringing. I didn't write a whole lot because there wasn't a ton of news happening in Niger at that time. Okay. But I filed some stories that, you know, I thought might be newsworthy. And I filed them to the bureau chief in uh, in Kenya, who was based in Kenya at that time. Okay. So that kind of, you know, got me started. Yeah, I bet that was quite an experience living yeah. there too. Oh, it was. What are you the proudest of from your career so far? Well, the two are really USA Today and Caribbean Travel and Life. Those were the highlights of my career, really where I spent the, the biggest chunk of my career too. Um both really fantastic opportunities and it allowed me to grow so much and really to, you know, achieve some wonderful things that I'm proud of. You also said that you believe travel can be a force for good in the world. And I completely agree, but would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So that's really my motto. It's what inspires everything I do. I think travel can change the way we see the world. It really enhances our understanding of other cultures and ways of life, you know, and it really yeah. helps us become better global citizens. I mean, we live in a global village. This is really important these days. Uh, it plays such a critical role in bringing people together and bridging cultures. And in that sense, it really is a force for good. Yes. Um, there's a wonderful saying by the travel guidebook author, Rick Steves. He says, quote, the tiniest exposure to the outside world will change your entire life. Mm. I really love that. Yeah. It's so powerful what you can learn from travel. Um, so that's been my mission to share with others, you know, what I've learned about other destinations and cultures by writing about it, and ultimately to encourage my readers to see the world for themselves. Yes, that's fantastic. How do you help those who find it overwhelming, you know, the travel that really, that really want to do something like that. And we see that there's a good number of Americans like that, that will, that only go to the same place every year, haven't experienced, you know, other cultures, where do they begin? What advice do you have for them? Right. Well, I think, you know, what helps is not only to write about a place to inspire them, hopefully you will be inspiring them, but to give them tips. So yeah. uh, with every destination piece, if you can add a sidebar, that's tips for how to go to make it easy for them. So that gives them a leg up on starting to research a trip themselves. I think that helps a lot, you know, and if you can give cultural tips as well, um, in terms of how to behave in a very foreign place, that's also helpful. 
Yes. Those are great tips. You are such a wealth of knowledge and experience. You've also been to 110 countries and reported for most of them. You know, what experiences stand out? I'm sure that's hard to choose. Oh, <laughs> but- it's, it is. There've been so many wonderful experiences, but I have to say Antarctica is definitely at the top of my list. Mm. Um, it was such an unexpected revelation. Again, the opportunity just fell in my lap and I'm so thrilled it did. It's like visiting another planet, the landscape, the size and scope of it, the emptiness and the pristineness, the gobsmacking beauty of the icebergs, which I never expected. They're like floating sculptures. Of course, all the amazing animals, thousands and thousands of penguins and seals and gorgeous whales. I had a really unique opportunity. I was able to camp out one night on the ice. Wow. Totally unforgettable experience. Um, It made me feel like the original explorers must have felt. So, wow. How would someone go about planning a a trip there? You know, the the way 90% of people go, I would say probably 95% is by cruise ship. So, it's just a matter of choosing the right um, cruise line that you want to, you know, meets your budget and your itinerary and so on. That's really the way most people visit today. I mean, there are a few companies that will fly you in, um, but um, most people go by cruise. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to add that to our bucket list for sure. If, If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? I have to say right where I live right now, which is Washington, D.C. Oh, um, yes. I'm I love very D.C. happy here. I love it. And it suits me. But I do sometimes toy with the idea of living in Europe, mm. perhaps Portugal or Italy, which is my favorite country. Yes. I have an EU passport, so that would be relatively easy for me to do. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> in, your, in your roles today, you know, what outlets are you writing for editorially? Well, lately I've been running, writing a ton for AARP, both their website and in both of their magazines. I okay. just did my 30th story for them. Wow. Uh, so, and I also write for the a travel site called travelawaits.com, which is geared uh-huh. to travelers over 50, as well as I write for Fromers and Cruise Critic. I do quite a bit of cruising. I write okay. for the Points Guy, and I recently wrote my first piece for Travel and Leisure, which was exciting. That is exciting. Well, we'll we will link to some of those recent ones for sure in our show notes so listeners can read. Um, where do you find your next story and choose what you're going to focus on when when there's literally, you know, limitless, <laughs> limitless exactly. of what you can do? Well, I follow travel trends avidly, as well as newsy developments and destinations. I mean, because those often make the best hooks for stories. You know, we're always looking for a good hook for something new in a destination or some reason to go. At USA Today, we used to have a motto and we had to, every story has to, had to meet the why now, so what question. Mm -hmm. Why are we going now? And why does it matter? Yeah. So, um, uh, I subscribe to a ton of travel trade publications to keep up to date. And yes, I read pretty much every PR uh, pitch I receive to stay up to date as well. And I also, wow. yeah, I do. Because <laughs> that is you, impressive. <laughs> you, pick up, you pick up tidbits there. You pick up ideas that could turn into stories. So, um, yeah. and I also attend conferences like International Media Marketplace and IPW and others. So all of that helps me sort of keep my finger on the pulse. 
Yes, those are great things. And I think you've sort of answered my next question as well, where I was going to ask about PR professionals and how they can help uh, you do your job best. So, you know, how else can they help you? And do you have any pet peeves? Yeah. So I love it when PR reps can help me plan the perfect trip and arrange the key experiences and interviews. The more help I get, the better I'm able to report my story. A recent example is a trip I did to Wyoming with the help of the Wyoming Office of Tourism. Together, we planned a very detailed itinerary that yielded two good stories. So I considered that trip a real success. Yeah. Um, As for PR pitches, I I would say here's a recommendation. A simple but often overlooked approach is to write a catchy subject line in the email to grab my attention. Mm -hmm. You don't know how many pitches I get that just say press release in the subject line. Really? And it's such a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Even to this day, it's kind of astonishing to me because it's such an easy one, right? Yes. Yes. You want to give Um, the subject title of, to make the journalist think this is what it could be. Exactly. (laughs) To open, at least open up and read it, right? Yeah. Um, One small pet peeve I have is about accuracy and honesty in pitches. Sometimes Mm. I'll get a pitch that will exaggerate its facts. It'll say, Mm. for example, this is the first or it's the biggest or it's the longest something or other, right? Yeah. In fact, it's not. And that Mm. just makes me chase down a rabbit hole to verify the information. And then I find out it's incorrect and, you know, it's wasted time. Or if I go ahead and try to pitch an outlet on that story and then I'm embarrassed to find out it wasn't accurate, that just doesn't look good for me. So No, not at all. And then you'd be... You definitely second guess anything else you get from that PR professional too. So that's just one thing to keep in mind. Yeah, those are great. I know like many travel writers, you are offered lots of press trips. How do you decide which to participate in? Yeah. So I have to admit to having a real bias toward visiting a new place, especially my bucket list. Yes. (laughs) That's That's surprising. You still have one with so much much travel. Uh, Oh, there's so many places I still want to go. Um, I'm kind of a novelty chunky in that way. Um, But beyond that, really what's most important is a good story hook, which can be related to a hot trend, a new development or attraction, or like a novel story angle. I also far prefer traveling alone as opposed to a group trip, just because it allows me to pursue my own story angles and interviews and not to have time on long group meals, for example. So Yeah. All those things help me decide if the trip is going to be worthwhile. Yeah. Those are great. I'd love to also know from such an expert traveler, you know, what do you do to prepare for an upcoming trip? I do a ton of research, especially when I'm covering a specific topic, like I did recently on a trip to Australia, where I did a story on Aboriginal cuisine for travel and leisure. So I deeply familiarized myself with the cuisine itself, which I didn't know a lot about found out where you could sample it and who the top chefs were. And then I had meals prearranged at key restaurants before I arrived, as well as interviews all scheduled. So I could be very efficient when I was on location. Yeah. I was recently in Zurich on a Swiss press trip and decided to do a story on the best chocolatiers in the city. (laughs) Oh, that's a hard one. (laughs) As you can see, I like to write about food because I think it's a great entree into a culture for travelers. So I researched all the chocolatiers in advance very carefully, and then I picked the top ones and I visited them all in a short amount of time. So the more prepared I am in advance, the better the the trip is going to be. 
Yes, yes, that makes perfect sense. So before we go, I need to ask what destinations should listeners have on their list for the upcoming year? Yeah, so many of them are on all the top, you know, top lists for the year. But one that I would recommend is Egypt, where I'm going mm-hmm. next. Really? Which, yeah, which has been named one of the hot destinations for 2023 by National Geographic Travel, Travel and Leisure, The Washington Post, and CNN. So clearly it's on everyone's mind. Um, yeah. One thing that's happening this year is the blockbuster Grand Egyptian Museum is opening in Cairo. It's going to house the largest collection of Egyptian artifacts in the world. So that's oh, wow. an exciting thing for them, for sure. Are you going to get to see that? I'm not, sh- I'm hoping I can. We just, okay. it, the opening keeps getting postponed. You know how these things go. So I'm hoping right. it will be open when I'm there and that'll allow me to do a a, a separate story just on the museum, hopefully. So, yes. Yeah. And a couple other places that come to mind, Japan, of course, has finally reopened after two years of pandemic closure. And apparently there's a good top dollar exchange rate. So I think Japan is going to be hot this year. Great. Well, how can listeners connect with you online and follow your work? Um, I'm most active on three social media platforms and um, my Twitter handle is wanderless13. Okay. My Instagram is VJ Stoddard and Stoddard has a T at the end. And then you can find me on LinkedIn just by searching my name. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time and insight today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Angela. I enjoyed this. That's all for this episode of Media and Minutes, a podcast by Communications Redefined. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. We'd love to hear what you think. You can find more at communicationsredefined.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Angela Toole. Talk to you next time.